Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm Brian Park. And, and Brian is freaking out. Brian freaking is out. hyperventilating. He was so nervous. I didn't right even know that was a noise us. I could make. What was that? <laughs> Brian was like, I have to tell you like how much this person means to me. Oh my God. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but I love embarrassing Brian. It's like my number one. Oh, gosh. <laughs> my. Oh. <laughs> uh... <laughs> no, I'm I'm so hyped. I don't care. I don't I don't give a fuck. I'm hyped. I'm hyperventilating. And this is going to be such a good episode. The yes. listeners well, already the listeners <laughs> already know who's on this episode. There's <laughs> Yes. We don't have to fake pretend that we're like burying the lead here. So let's just jump right into it. Let's introduce them let's to the podcast. Uh, listeners, I'm freaking out, and I hope you're all freaking out too, because we have such an amazing guest this week. They are a fucking incredible DJ, incredible producer. Everyone, please give it up for Yeji. <laughs> Thank you so much for that wild intro. <laughs> Man. Yeah, well, like I didn't want to tell you that Brian was freaking out before you joined yeah, us. I don't think I've had anyone hyperventilate before introducing me, so that will definitely <laughs> remain in my memory. Definitely didn't wake up this morning as I brushed my teeth and looked at myself in the mirror and was like, all right, play cool, be apathetic, be the cool <laughs> Brooklyn vibe. Play it oh cool. no, I ruined it. <laughs> totally ruined it. I'm sorry I said that, Brian. <laughs> I know. I think I kind of ruined it for myself. I, I made a guttural sound up top that I didn't even know what the fuck that was. You're breathing really heavy. You're breathing really heavy. And <laughs> oh man, my cheeks hurt. Oh, oh gosh. Well, Yeji, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, but, uh, you know, before we dive into, you know, everything that's going on with you and learn a little bit about yourself, uh, Youngmi, how are you feeling? Oh, man. You know, I'm feeling... I was like, I woke up today and I was like, um, I'm going to make myself be feel happy. <laughs> I was like, because, you know, I'm like, I always wait. I I talk about this a lot. Um, I get kind of depressed in the mornings. I always have like this, like, I don't know why. I just feel really like gloomy in the morning. Yeah. Um, And today I was like, why? Why do I feel bad? There's nothing Mm -hmm. bad happening. Like, Mm -hmm. and, um, and that really helped me turn it around in my mind. And I'm like, why don't I just do that every morning? You know, Mm -hmm. just like, just like hype myself up to not feel bad. But then. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's hard. It's like, I don't remember to do that. Maybe I should do like a meditation or something. Mm-hmm. But mm. um, yeah, so I, I like, it's, it's kind of like I faked myself into feeling happy. Wow. <laughs> Yo. I was like, no, I'm fine. I feel great. This is a great day. This is fun. But then like, you know, like I think having like a depressive natural state is hard because it's like look at what I'm doing. I'm recording this podcast mm. that I love with Yeji, like such a the most like famous person that I've ever <laughs> been on a Zoom call with, basically. And like, you know what I mean? Like, this is so amazing. Like, why am I fucking depressed about what? Yo. Do you know what I mean? Like, wait, wait. Youngly, so are you I, saying I, that yeah. our Korean moms have been right all along? That just don't be depressed, just be happy? What? No, you're depressed. Just stop being sad. Just yeah, it works. Be happy. <laughs> Damn. 
Yeah, we got a lot of apologizing to do. I know. It's just like that. Yeah, all all along, I should have just listened to my mom. Stop being depressed. (laughs) (laughs) That was that was the key, and now I'm a happy person. Um, Damn. (laughs) Damn. No, but seriously, I yeah, I felt like. Well, I guess this is related. You know, I've been I've been back in therapy. I took a break because I couldn't afford it during COVID, the pandemic. And I started doing it again regularly, and it's been very helpful. Um, and yesterday I talked to my therapist about... Um, I had a really hard day last week. Like, I went to the vigil for the Atlanta shootings, and, you know, like, all the Asian hate crimes are, like, really, like, weighing on me, as I'm sure everyone that's listening... Un- uh, understands Uh um and then on the same day that i went to the vigil my mom told me she had covid and i freaked out Mm. um you know my mom lives in korea and like they're having a big wave there and so that night i was just like oh like i'm i'm totally fine i feel fine and then i like Mm. literally closed my eyes and woke up 12 hours later wow and i never sleep more than usually i sleep like maybe five hours a night and then i have to make myself sleep more right um and so then i was like oh my god something's going on and then i went to therapy and i and i was just crying so hard and i was like oh i think i was just like holding in all this emotion Mm. without even knowing it you know Mm. um so i mean that that's probably related to like feeling depressed all the time like i think like i don't even know when i feel sad you know i'm Mm. so disconnected to my emotions sometimes yeah um and so it was very helpful to talk about it in therapy and realize just how sad i was i think and then i felt a lot better and i think that's why this morning i i got up and i was like i'm gonna (laughs) i'm happy now you know so Yeah, so that's how I'm feeling. I'm feeling a lot better after therapy and then also f- forcing myself to not be depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. How are you feeling, um, <laughs> Brian? Well, first, jokes aside, I, I'm glad that the therapy, you've been able to go back into therapy and it's been really helpful. Um, you know, yeah. I, th- I think we've said this before on the podcast a lot, but therapy is really nice because it just provides that framework for you to be able to name certain emotions or how you're feeling and like just being able to name it and identify it is like so tremendously helpful at least like from my personal experience and like just being able to then find like ways to remediate that you know but um yeah yeah, like let's see for i'm feeling i'm similar you know i'm i'm very i'm in a very positive mood i'm feeling really great right now um so yesterday was my birthday and birthdays make me feel very weird. I, I don't like to announce mm-hmm. them on any social media. I like scrubbed any birth dates off my Facebook. So like no one mm-hmm. knows when it is. And I l- like to just let it pass like any other day and just get it over with. Yeah. And usually on those mm-hmm. days, usually on my birthday, I get kind of bummed out and depressed and sad because I'll like reflect mm-hmm. on the past year and find reasons to be uh, self-critical. But um yeah this this birthday was uh quite the opposite and very different i'm just really grateful for a lot of things and i'm feeling very uh proud of myself like oddly because usually my birthdays Mm. all my birthdays i feel really sad but you know I'm, i'm really happy about this i don't know this this life that i've built for myself it's so great like i have wonderful friends like i have a wonderful girlfriend and i get to do this like this is fucking sick like we're on this podcast and 
podcasting yeah. with the most famous person that I've ever met, that Youngmi's <laughs> ever met on Zoom. That's fucking sick. <laughs> Wait, Brian, I think we're both doing this like, we're like, both doing that thing we're like just be happy <laughs> like, we both came to the like realization that all we needed to do was just be happy stop being sad yeah like, stop no but you know i'm i'm gonna be you know what i already like i chose to be corny up top and i'm gonna continue being corny for the rest of this episode like or own it, the cringe yeah i'm gonna own the cringe own the you know cringe. and i'm yeah i'm just feeling very a lot of gratitude right now i'm also really grateful that you know, the people, all my friends and, like, the people that I love dearly, like, as far as I know, everyone's healthy and, like, it's such yeah. a, like, it's such a blessing. And, yeah, I just want to, like, carry that energy into this next year and really excited for what's to come. So, yeah, I'm, no apologies. I'm just really, like, happy right now. <laughs> Ryan, I wanted to say that I felt bad that I forgot your birthday and how could I forget your birthday? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. I don't I don't I don't post it. I just scrub it. Like I don't know when my friends' birthdays are either unless they're like immediate Me, family yeah. or they're like uh you know, it's like my best friend or like my girlfriend. Like I just I I'm yeah. so reliant on social media for so people bad. to like tell me when their birthdays are. So yeah. Well, yeah, I feel bad feel that bad I forgot it. But also I feel like you you sort of like you said you're like you're kind of hiding it from people, so I guess I'm like <laughs> I would have felt worse if I was like, happy birthday, Brian. Like, let's go to dinner or something. Like, come on. Yesterday, and you're like, please stop. I'm so sad. <laughs> I hate getting older. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's uh, it's good. I'm in a good place now. Like, uh, so, yeah, I don't feel bad yeah. at all. Like, I truly, okay. like, I just despise my birthday on most days because I'm just like, it's just like any other day, like, whatever. <laughs> but... Yeah, yeah, that's how I'm feeling. Uh, enough about us. Yeji, how are you feeling? <laughs> oh, man. Well, first of all, I want to thank you guys for sharing really honestly how you're feeling because I think um, I, uh, I rarely answer honestly to that question. Like, friends will just, like, see me and be like, hey, what's up? How you doing? And I'll just say, I'm doing great, you know? <laughs> and um, I think, like, listening to your answers have made me think, like, oh, how am I actually feeling today? What about last mm. week? What about last year? And, uh, mm. yeah, so many relatable points. Um, but but to, right now, I feel great. <laughs> I don't know if I'm also hey, saying I should just be happy, but. Just um, be happy, okay? <laughs> Just stop being sad. <laughs> I know, just stop being sad. Um, but definitely, uh, young me, I, I these mornings have been kind of sad for me. And I mean, it's been raining a lot. And definitely my, my emotions are really tied to the weather and seasons. Mm. And I don't remember since when, but spring has become a difficult time for me. Like this transition mm. of like mm. winter into spring. And I think mm -hmm. it, it's slightly triggering. It reminds me of things that have happened around this time. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I've been, like, kind of in that zone. Um, and I was, like, then reflecting on, like, okay, so how was I feeling last month? And mm -hmm. I realized, oh, last month I was in Korea. And always, mm. like, about three weeks to a month in, 
um, from my return from Korea, I get kind of sad. And it, I mm. call it the post-Korea blues. Mm. And I don't know. I mean, all of my family's there. Like, mm. all of my closest family members are there. And um, yeah, so, you know, that's big. Like, family is right. really big for me. And then mm. I've, I've made new friends since I became an adult. Because I grew up there, and back then I didn't have friends. But now I have, like, new friends that have different relationships to the current me. And mm-hmm. uh, they, they help me um, bring out the side of me that I, I am usually not able to access in like a really nice way, like a cathartic way, um, like mm-hmm. a, a Korean side of me. So mm-hmm. that was always refreshing and, and maybe I miss like being able to communicate with that part of me. Um, mm. So, you know, <laughs> stuff's I, been swirling, yeah. but I'm generally okay, though. <laughs> Happy wow, to I be relate here. to that so much. <laughs> I relate to that so much because I also grew up in Korea and I have mm. like a whole group of friends in Korea. And then when I'm in Korea, I only speak Korean. Yes, yeah. it's like it's like a different person that's like yeah. asleep inside of me when I'm in the yeah. States, you know? Yeah. That's, yeah. Literally, language, you know, like, yeah. language makes, yeah, it's it just, like, inevitably is tied to how you think, too. And mm. when I'm in Korea, I start dreaming in Korean, too. And oh. even my voice and attitude is different when I speak Korean, because mm-hmm. culturally, right. they're different. And it's really mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm I, always fascinated by that's that. That's so fascinating. I mean, I relate to that 100%, although I feel in a diet version because obviously for you like you have a lot of family there and you spent like your formative years like growing up there and similar to what you said young me like i don't really have friends proper there but if i spend any time there like there's mm-hmm. i feel myself physically changing for lack of a better word like i just feel more like korean <laughs> <laughs> No. I don't know why. When I'm in Korea, I feel more Korean. No, 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 no. But like, I, I, I wanted to say like, you know, what you, what you just said, Yeji. Like, I feel that too. Where like the way I speak, like yeah. when I speak in Korean, even though objectively I have like a terrible Kyopo accent and it sounds like shit. Yeah. Like I feel, oh. I feel cool and confident. No, it doesn't. Yeah. No, but I feel cool mm. and confident. I'm just like damn, this is like a whole other side of me that I, mm-hmm. like you said, like I don't mm-hmm. really get to express or access as much in America. <laughs> yeah. You know you know what else is really interesting about that, my personality in Korea? Because I, I moved um, when I was 20 and I moved to the States. I feel like in all these things that I've done, like growing as a person, I've gained, you know, from in the last like 17 years, like as an adult. But when I was 20, I was like mu- very much very young and like a child. So I have like this confidence that doesn't translate. Like when I go back to Korea, mm-hmm. I like go back sort of like to this regression yeah. mm. where I'm like an insecure 20 year old, you know? Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nee, nee, nee. like <laughs> yeah, so true. Young me, do you, when you go back, do you just stay with your family the whole time? Well, yes, get, like, I, a separate I tend, spot? Well, I tend to stay with them half the time because they mm-hmm. live in Tangjin. So it's like mm. really shikor, like really yeah, in yeah. the country, yeah. which is f- fine and nice. Yeah, nice but in then, its own way. Yeah, I also want to go to Seoul and I do have a few friends that still live there. So it's like fun to go to Seoul and hang out and see them. Yeah. So yeah, it's like half and half. 
How about you? Where do you where does your family live? They live in Gyeonggi zone, so it's not like Seoul, but it's definitely not mm-hmm. like Seoul. Um, mm. So and I and like the place they live in now, I didn't grow up there because they got that spot after I left for college. Um, but mm-hmm. it's still like you know, I was a teenager when they moved there, so I was having a mm. similar thing for a while. Where whenever I visit, I'm just like a teenager, and mm. I would stay with them yeah. the whole time. Mm. And you know, even if it's a new room, like my clothes are all from like my teenage years, and right. just something mm. about it, it was like, yeah, it was like difficult for me to love Korea, even though I was living in the states and I'm like revisiting it. And then I realized uh, a few years back that, oh, I need to redefine what Korea means to me as Mm. an adult, as current me, as Mm. me who, you know, reconnected with America, too. And um, so, yeah, I've been fortunate that my friend has an empty room. So I've just been staying with her Mm. after I quarantined Mm. with my family. So it's like kind of half-half. And, yeah, making new friends as an adult and, like, kind of, like, opening a bank account as an adult and, like, going to the hospital as an adult and, like, trying these adult things there. Mm. That's just Mm. opened up, like, a whole new chapter for me. Wow. Oh. And would you say... interesting. Yeah. Like, would you say this new adult experience in Korea and after having had that and then returning to the States, has that sort of impacted like your experience of the U.S. now in a new light or do you just sort of mm. see that as like that's the the that's the version of me that exists only in Korea time to like code switch back mm. into like American mm. me mm. if that makes sense yeah that's a good question I think inevitably I do have to like switch gears pretty rapidly because literally language and yeah. um, mm-hmm. I don't have too many Korean speaking friends here So, you know, I'm just speaking English. And um, so I'm kind of like forced to switch gears really fast. So every time I come back the first day, I literally kind of like butcher my English. Like I forget some words and I like sound really fob. And I have Mm -hmm. to like make sure I have a super close friend I could just say whatever to who's American there for me to like Mm. ease me back into speaking the language. Right, Um, right, right. But I, I do think, yeah, the, the two lives are, are really separate and uh, there are pros and cons to that. Like, I think it's a great privilege to have another place to call home. And um, mm. when I'm there, I can have a more objective perspective on America mm. and yeah. almost yeah. look at my American experience and self as an outsider and right. look at yeah, the yeah. country as an outsider And um, that was really helpful. Like, actually, I was in Korea when the shooting happened in Atlanta. Mm. And um, I mean, a part of me was like, I really want to be in New York right now. Like, I want to be Mm. with all my friends. But also a part of me was really grateful that I was witnessing that from Korea. Like, Mm. as a Korean, too, Mm. it helped me process it in a way that was different if I were here, you know? Right. Um, So I'm trying to like look at the good, the good parts of of going back and forth a lot, right? And yeah, I'm I'm pretty grateful for that. I feel like those are like being like from two cultures, as all three of us are. I feel like growing up, that was such a gift. Like just yeah. even there's 
because even in America, a lot of people, especially in New York, they think they're very open minded. And I'm like, a lot of people are not because they've just been sort of grown like they just sort of grew up in one way of life and saw one like kind of media you know or like when they hear the news they see it from this one perspective even though they think Mm -hmm. that they're seeing it from multiple perspectives right and i feel like just yeah that feeling of like going back and forth and seeing the other culture from another Mm -hmm. like from the outside in Mm -hmm. like i think that that's like such a gift yeah totally Cause like yeah. I moved around a lot, like even in the states. Uh, every year I transferred to a new school, um, mm-hmm. and e- even that I realized like, yeah, basically what whatever seems like so hot here or like so important or like you sh- really shouldn't do that here, it could mean mm-hmm. something completely the opposite somewhere else or right. be completely yeah. irrelevant. You know, yeah, it's very arbitrary. It's so and then you arbitrary. realize how BS it is. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's like, you know what I think about a lot when you go to like a, a city and in that city, there are rich neighborhoods and poor neighborhoods. And so like a rich person will like show, they'll be like, oh, I live in the Upper East Side. But like, if you lived in Korea and somebody said that, they, they'd be like, I don't know what that means. And then you, and then you <laughs> see like all these like... You see all these like societal like uh, judgment markers as very very arbitrary. Like oh, no yeah. one know you know like uh-huh. all the stuff that We're we believe is really important. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. True. so true. Yeah, it's like that kind of stuff becomes really interesting to me. <laughs> I'm I'm just like relating to it from a more uh, silly standpoint of like fashion and style or anything that's popping off here in New York and Korea. That's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that shit was cool maybe like five years ago. <laughs> Um, yeah it is fascinating how that happens there but it's it's almost like a completely different context because korean culture is so trend oriented yeah and Mm -hmm. they're just down to like if that's trendy okay let's all do it let's do it which is very different from here you know because here it's like oh i want to be different yeah so it's interesting it's you know what my favorite thing is when i was living in seoul um, like literally one day you walk out and every everyone's like wearing this one thing and you're like, yeah. how did everyone get this memo? <laughs> like, you all went and right? Like one day you'll walk out and everyone's wearing this one shoe and you're like, it's so funny. It, so happen- it happens in New York. It does happen in New York, but it takes like I don't know three weeks. But yeah. in Korea, it's like tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like, what? Right? Yeah, it blows me away. Oh, man. Um, You know, it sounds like you've been going through a lot of self-growth. And uh, I think that's also reflected in your music because uh, I'm I'm fangirling here. But, you know, when I first discovered your music, like, it was just fucking sick. Like, you were just churning out, like, club bangers nonstop. And it's been interesting to see your artistic evolution since then because it feels like your music has sort of taken on a more uh, introspective approach that explores facets of mental health, like, uh, you know, depression, Mm -hmm. aging, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, anger. And can you elaborate what this means to you? And I mean, has has that process come easily to you? Yeah, I think um, like the earlier music I wrote, uh, that was like in my early 20s. And it was pretty soon after I moved back to New York um, 
But I, I didn't have any memories of New York as a, as a baby because I was born here and then we left shortly after. So it was mm-hmm. like pure excitement of, oh my God, I'm, I'm in New York. And like right. these are things I imagined of. And there's just something to go and see and experience every single night. And while I was working jobs, I would like just go out like three times a night. And, you know, I was just full of life and so excited and so about it and really into dance music. Um, and I think that excitement is is all in that music because music is inevitably uh, just an extension of me, and whether I like it or not. So I don't mm. I don't even have that much control over it. Um, mm. And I think the biggest thing that's changed is just acknowledging that and recognizing that. And mm. I think once I recognized it, my relationship to music making has changed. So. Mm. The mm. earlier pieces of music that was like more clubby, it's really fun, but I can feel myself in those tracks thinking about what are people going to think? Is this going to bump on the dance floor? Mm. Do I need mm. to make the bass like a bit boosted or, you know, whatever, <laughs> like things like that? Right. Um, versus like the project I put out in 2020, what we drew, which you said is introspective, and I agree. Um, it was like an experiment of me writing almost a song a day, just treating mm-hmm. it like I'm writing a diary entry. And mm. that was that was almost my therapy too. It was me checking in with myself and me just like super mm-hmm. earnestly documenting how do I feel right now? <laughs> right. And it, it wasn't easy, you know, because that's not super comfort zone for me, but I think it was it was like the most natural way for me to process some of the things I was experiencing um, because music is abstract and my lyrics are abstract and I don't have mm-hmm. to literally say, oh man, I had a rough day because da 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 da, you know, it was like I would just be, and then, you know, it's just like, right, right. like yeah. visceral. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. then, and then to now where... Um, there's a lot that happened, you know, in the past two years, I'm, as I'm sure, you know, all of us have experienced. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I'm like, I'm writing this album now and it's my first album. And mm. um, I, I like took this online course during lockdown called Rhythm Race Revolution. And um, that course really, really just opened my eyes in a lot of different ways. Um, but But specifically about about what music means to me and what music means to the world and how Mm. music is the truest form of archive of Mm. how people actually Mm. experience their lives, even Mm. more than like academic writing, like even more Mm. than history textbooks and shit we Mm. learn in school. And uh, a lot of the class was centered around black music and black musicians. And, um, yeah, we were doing readings with listening to music and just Mm -hmm. discussing how this is a way for us to, as listeners, also time travel. Like if that piece was written in the 70s, we're literally taken there to when they wrote it and what they were feeling. And then it becomes really spiritual and emotional as well because you're really connecting on that level, like – at that, if you're intentional about listening, then you're actually mm. synced. And I was like, wow, if that's possible, um, if that's how I want to be as a listener, be attentive and also respect these people who made the music, then as a creator, 
I want to make sure I put my intention in, and I want to make sure I'm documenting what I'm experiencing. And so it became this like, yeah, moment of realization. I need to make this album fully intentional. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, I'm going to write a story first and then write the music about this story Mm -hmm. I want to tell. So it's all like super in progress. So there's, you know, not too much in detail I could share, but but I did this like activity for myself that was actually really helpful, which was just like Mm. drawing a spiral. And then Mm -hmm. there was like a starting point and I would Mm. write down like kind of stream of consciousness. Okay. What happened the past two years inside, like mentally, spiritually. Mm -hmm. And I was Mm -hmm. like, started off with uh, leaving room for myself to breathe and be its full being. Mm. And this is like lockdown. I I can't help but be forced to be with myself and just mm-hmm. let myself be, you know? And then mm-hmm. I started watching like a lot of anime from childhood, like from the 90s mm-hmm. and 2000s. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that helped bring back a lot of childhood memories that I had forgotten. Because mm. I, I don't remember much of wow. my childhood. Right. And I was like, whoa, what is going on? And I, and during that time, like, um, you know, Black Lives Matter happened, Stop Asian Hate happened, and um, yeah. I'm still, like, learning from our rhythm race revolution and, like, reading and having my own thoughts. And it kind of became uh, me realizing how angry I am for the first time. Mm. Mm. And Wow. And, like, yeah. And I was like, you know, obviously I've been angry before in, like, smaller ways. Like, right. oh, man, why did you, you know, do this? Like, you know? But right, right, right. but this mm-hmm. was, like, true anger. Like, this was, like, fire in my heart. Right. And mm. I, had, I hadn't I had recognized that all mm. these years. Like, I'm almost 30 and all these years. And I realized, oh, maybe it's because to even feel angry for yourself, you have mm. to believe in yourself. Because you, br- yeah. you believe that you've been wronged. You believe Mm. that these people you love have been wronged. And that's why you Mm. want to fight. That's why you're angry. That's why you have fire. And then, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, from there, I was just thinking about how there are so many medical, metaphorical ways you can talk about anger. Mm. And Mm -hmm. even the word anger in Korean, which is hua, huaneda, is is translated to the Chinese character fire. Mm. You're Mm -hmm. literally creating fire. And there's so many idioms around it. Like there's a Korean idiom that says the anger you put out will return to you. So it's almost mm-hmm. like this cycle. And then I was thinking about Korean culture, how mm-hmm. so many people suppress like crazy. And yeah. then yep. They, yep. they have to like let it out in the super violent way, which is passing it down. Yeah. Right. So if you think about like mm-hmm. companies, always like the highest position guy is always angry mm-hmm. and like doing crazy stuff to like people below mm-hmm. them. Even in school, right. like, teachers used to, you know, like, hit their kids. Hit you, yeah. Even with families, like, there's so much gaslighting happening. Yep. And I was like, suppressing yep. has led to this form of letting out anger. Mm. And anger is actually oh a big part of identifying Korea. And then, I, you yeah. know, from there, I was like, okay, I want this album to be a journey about what anger is to me, how I discovered it, how it came to yeah. life, and how it passed through me. I love this. That is, so I love like, this conversation. Love this. <laughs> you know, I, I always talk about, you know, obviously, I think if you are 
you know, a woman or like socialized as female or Asian, you're taught that you're not allowed to have anger. And, and I love it when people, it's almost like they, it's like a natural part of your body and your Mm -hmm. psyche. It's like having a liver. Like if I pretend that I don't have a liver, it's not going to go away. It's still there. You know what I mean? And, um, because of that, I, I really get excited when people find that out. But when I grew up, I was like not allowed to have anger and I was embarrassed by it. I was made yeah. to feel ashamed of it. Mm. And I would like my parents, my mom would be like, oh, like, look at that fucking out of control person. They're fucking eight. And like, that's like you like a loser when you like lash out. And I had to like, uh, like grow out of that. But I think what you said about Korean culture as a whole, like they, you know, like, it's not you're not really allowed to show anger Mm -hmm. except the people at the top and then it's sort of like it took me a long time to like grow out of that too because Mm -hmm. it's kind of like bullying behavior do you know what i mean it is it's like bullying behavior and like kind of like cancel culture originates from korea is how i always felt because like Mm. growing up there i always saw it we just didn't have a name yeah exactly right (laughs) (laughs) wow Mm-hmm. I, okay. Yeah, firstly, that's really big there. Like for sure. I I I'm, thank you for sharing your artistic yeah. process with us. Like I'm I'm so excited for this upcoming album, and I'm <laughs> I just admire you so much as an artist because, uh, yeah. I mean, there's so many great points that you just made, and I, I guess I never really made the connection of how music is the most like visceral, primal form of storytelling, and yeah, you I know, love that. When I consume music, I'm not like an audiophile or I just I just go with feeling like there's certain tracks I li- listen to if I want to be like pumped up or if I'm feeling sad, I'll listen to this. But like treating it as this journal and like a form of documentation is so fascinating to me. And also like <laughs> you to me, like you, what you just described is like the true artistic pursuit. And I can't yeah. like commend you enough for that because I think especially yeah. with music, like you know, you know how to like put out a good club banger, like you said, just like, should I raise the bass on this? And I feel like <laughs> with musicians, like it's so, you can intellect, it can be very easy to like intellectualize and then like question yourself. Mm-hmm. Like it happens yeah. with comedy too, where you're like, yeah, with do I do, do, do I go with the easy thing that is like a people pleasing thing, but even mm-hmm. if it's like mm-hmm. not truly my fullest form of expression and I feel mm-hmm. like what you're doing right now is like, you're exploring like every crevice of your inner being and like even mm-hmm. if you're like turning over these ugly yeah. stones it's like not mm-hmm. it's not pr- always pretty but for as a yeah. form of documentation like it seems really challenging but uh, as a consumer like I'm so excited <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I, yeah. I really appreciate that <laughs> and I think people can feel it like what you were saying about how you were expressing your emotions through the music and it's like an abstract way. I think people pick up on that and I think that's why you're so successful, honestly. Mm. Because yeah. people try to fake, like I think a lot of people like try to fake it, you know, where mm. they're trying to like approach it in this way of trying to get fame mm. or success or whatever as a mm-hmm. musician and it's like, no, people can like sense that you're, mm-hmm. you know, like you actually love what you're doing or not. Yeah, I love that time travel reference. Yeah, and that. it's, if you think about it, it just makes sense too because if you trace back like, what do I know about music? If I trace it all the way back, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, like Koreans are, are like farming and singing. You know, it's like, right. yeah. it's mm-hmm. so communal. It's like, 
yeah. always been communal. And mm-hmm. even when I prepare for like a DJ set or even when I'm writing music alone for months, it's still communal because I still think about everyone and I'm excited to be like, oh, who do I want to share this with? Or, you know, like what kind of thing would like heat up the dance floor? Like all of these things are like we're just trying to connect with each other and I want to yeah, share how I'm feeling yeah. with how you're feeling, you know. It's so beautiful. Yeah, I love that. You know what I feel also, uh, which is like I, I agree with you. Music really captures the essence of emotion, like mm-hmm. w- like a like it's like you are you know like you li- sometimes I'll listen to Mozart or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be that but like I listen to classical music. Like <laughs> sometimes I'll listen to Mozart and I'm like, damn, you know that like funny meme. I think Brian sent me this where there's like this guy that's like if Mozart was out today, people are like. He's spitting. <laughs> Listening to it like, yeah, yeah, like that. I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I feel that way. You know, I'm like, oh my God. And he's like transferring this emotion yeah. from like hundreds of years ago. It's like yeah, really so uh, true. But mm-hmm. I also feel that way about folk tales. Because mm. like, you know, we'll, I'm sure we all grew up listening to these Korean folk tales. And they're like, who knows? Like probably thousands of years old, some of them. And it's right. like, yeah the tiger ate your mother like or whatever and it's like um it's kind of like a metaphor for these lessons right yeah and i'm like damn it's like some dead korean person from a thousand yeah. years ago is telling me the story you it's know so true yeah 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 it's fuck amazing. that's that's so sick i mean that was a big reason why i um i really resonated with your He's you spitting. know with uh you know w- with your last work uh, what we drew like it uh, mm. you know, because you, you, your lyrics are in Korean. So for, to like hear someone speaking in Korean so openly about, uh, normally like taboo things, especially within Korean culture, whether it's like feeling kind of down and under the weather, mm-hmm. it like mm-hmm. did something to me because like mm. in America, like I don't have that many friends, like Korean speaking friends and well, who mm-hmm. I talk about these things with, you know, like mm-hmm. we created this podcast as a forum to destigmatize these sorts of conversations and like build this community but like to hear it in korean in my ears it was like wow mm-hmm. I, I don't I, like this is something mm-hmm. i've just never really experienced before because i wouldn't hear it from mm-hmm. anyone in my family like my family's just like mm-hmm. like yeah. stop crying oh, like you're not point. down you know <laughs> <laughs> brian that's such a good point yeah it's yeah. really it's very like touching to hear it in korean mm-hmm. yeah i i just wanted to say i'm grateful for you guys sharing that because I think um, like when I first wrote music in Korean, it was in college Mm. and I didn't have any Korean speaking friends uh, and I was just shy about sharing my lyrics. So I spoke almost like Mm. this is my code language. And then, oh. um, and then to now where there are so many Koreans that listen to my music, like Korean Americans, yeah. um, who, who understand yeah. what I'm saying. And, you know, in a way it's, it's still code language. Like, you know, mm-hmm. some of it mm-hmm. maybe, yeah, maybe it's easier to understand exactly where I was at because it's you, Yeah, you know, right. and, and that's, yeah. yeah, I'm really grateful for that. I was going to say, I was like, well, when Brian was saying, I don't have any friends to speak Korean with, I'm like, Brian, you can speak to me in Korean. (laughs) And then... And then I was like, what? are you actually then, close? <laughs> you forgot his birthday. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know this person. I just yeah. met him. I just met him 10 minutes before you logged on. Oh, but then I was saying the only time. Well, this is so funny that you said it's a code language because the only time Brian ever spoke Korean to me was when we oh were in God. like this 
with this like kind of not good Korean restaurant in Brooklyn that was like, <laughs> you know, like owned by like Americans. And and then Brian was just like, yeah, he <laughs> said that they charge for panchan. Like, uh, like he was speaking no. Korean to me because he knew that the servers wouldn't understand Korean. Like he was talking shit about the food. He's like, like oh thank you thank you i'm gonna that, I, i'm gonna ride that compliment for the next three weeks you have no idea but fuck no brian's you know, my, korean is good i've seen my true him, my yeah. true anger can only be expressed through korean in, in this instance i really feel you though that's also something weird about being korean is like yeah when i get super emotional it just comes out <laughs> me too or when I they say that you're they say that that's like your core language if you like trip and whatever comes oh, out of your mouth oh. is what you're like real and Korean is my first language so whenever I fall mm. I'm like oh oh my oh my oh yeah oh my God. <laughs> yeah but you know as we all know the, the K-pop industry is fucking humongous and everyone Huge. who's like everyone knows it you know like um and, and it's it, it's so big and like you said like you you have uh people in korea who listen to your music and like you mentioned you went back to korea and you developed uh, a lot of elements of this album in korea what was it like to you know produce this music in korea like adjacent mm. to this entire like mm. k-pop industrial complex mm. Yeah, um, well, I guess as as a listener, I don't engage with K-pop too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so like, personally, that remained the same even when I was in Korea. But obviously, you know, it's different because Koreans love to blast music everywhere. And I, I did hear K-pop everywhere I went. Um, yeah. But for my studio practice, I, uh, instead of going into a studio, I just, like, rented an airbnb and brought Mm. my my tiny speakers and like uh created a bubble for myself in korea Mm. so it's all my gear from here i brought over there Mm. and um you know like i actually even had a friend uh from america fly there and so i was with him a lot and you know (laughs) so there was like a little new york version of me there um which you know kind of created separation and uh, and then the only time it like came up that I was conscious of um, is that I was working a lot with Hyuk um, from yeah. the band Hyogo because we're yeah. friends. Mm-hmm. And um, he, you know, as a personal listener, doesn't listen to K-pop either. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we were just discussing this phenomena of... Yeah of K-pop taking off, but not only K-pop, like K-drama taking off and then K-lifestyle taking off and um, how that feels in Korea because I was curious, like, okay, first of all, they're probably aware this is happening. Oh, But, like, what do Koreans think, you know? Yeah. And obviously there's huge pride because Korea as a country and culture really runs – on nationalism and like mm-hmm. pride as a 
as one one type of people, you know? That's why they're so racist mm-hmm. there too is because yep, there's yep. only been one race and they've right. been pretty good about blocking yeah. other people from coming in. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I think there's immense pride and just like we are global and like everyone loves our stuff. Right. But I think there's also confusion about we also don't know why BTS is so famous, actually. Because <laughs> I asked some people and they're like, yeah, we don't know what happened. Uh, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and- <laughs> yeah. You know, do you want to hear my theory? I do. Yeah, why theory? K-pop is so big? I think that Koreans are like, they're, and this about K-drama too, they like... There's something about understanding what people want to see or feel Mm. that they like understand in a way that I think Hollywood, like that's the only thing I guess to compare it with, right? Like Hollywood and like the music industry here, like is they don't understand, like they understand emotions Mm. in a way. Like I think K-dramas, like they understand like people's fantasies, I think. Do you know what I mean? In a way that like... And also, I think Koreans have a closer tie to their, you know, like very recently they were very impoverished as a country. So they Mm. understand the fantasies of somebody that is like Mm. living in an economically depressed country. Whereas in white Americans that run Hollywood truly don't understand that. Mm. And I think that's why Korean media because like unfortunately most of the world does live in poverty and mm-hmm. so Koreans like understand that like mindset in a way mm. that's just my theory yeah. I don't know if that's well, true well yeah mm-hmm. actually that point about Korea only recently like coming up uh, especially like with like everyone's like eating okay now like that's actually yeah. so real and like impacts so many different parts of Korean culture um, right. Cause like I'm reminded to this day, like when you hang out with somebody yeah. in Korea, the first thing you said is, say is like "Pabun bogoso," like "Did you eat yet?" And right. I asked mm-hmm. my grandpa, like, "Why do we always ask that?" And he was like, "Oh, it's literally because we didn't have rice sometimes, like even in, in his generation, which is uh, like yeah. you know he's yeah. alive and well." And right. yeah. yeah, and and that was like recent, but now they're facing a different kind of crisis where. Um, people in our generation can't uh, buy property. I don't know if you guys are up on that. Totally. But basically, yeah, the recent past president uh, made a lot of, you know, bad decisions and... And without getting into the nitty gritty, they it, it's just like impossible even if you work your lifetime to ever like buy a place. Mm. Um, mm. And I feel like owning a place is such like a Korean dream. Like right. every yeah, Korean yeah. family so wants important. that. Yeah. And so our generation now, like my friend was saying, yeah. that's another theory why trap is so big and like hip hop is big. It's mm. like that lifestyle of, I'm just going to spend all my money now because what's the point of saving? That kind of yeah. mindset is actually what mm. current day Koreans are living. And there are words yeah. for like small happiness for right now. Like there are like idioms mm. for that that's used in the oh, internet these days. Yeah. yeah. That's how I, I live. Like, oh. Yeah, no, kind of relatable. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think there's like, I think there's like, psych- I think there's like psychology behind why Korean media is so popular. Totally. And I think it's like, yeah. And yeah. I think it's like, it has something to do with just relatability, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. My, you know, like, yeah. my theory is, 
I, I I love your point. Yeah, no, I wanna I wanna put my like two cents in this. Yeah, yeah. Let's here. hear it, so, Brian. Like, I wanna hear. Uh, so <laughs> I think your theory is correct, Young Me. Like, and I think we feel that, uh-huh. especially in Korean filmmaking, with like the popularity of films like Parasite and before that, like Lee Chang Dong's like Burning, where I think Korean yeah, filmmaking yeah. like there's a lot of. Th- core themes like we saw it in squid game like where income like the the wealth gap that's something that america's experiencing and like korea korean like filmmaking and tv shows like explore that really well and i think that resonates yeah i mean it's just a side effect of capitalism around the world which is why i think it resonates with so many people but i think specific to america i think with k-pop and k-dramas it's like maximalism like the the most Mm like dance the most like pretty the most this and i think and it's unapologetic about it and i think with like the current media cycle in america like everything is the most you know like donald trump was the most like we're all we're competing for eyeballs and ears like and our attention span is so little because of tiktok and like i think just the the style like the style of Korean K-pop and the style of K-drama is like the most emotion, like the most this. So I think it's able to like cut through all of that noise and like capture our attentions. That's a good point. I don't know. That's That's my, that's, that's my, uh, arm. We always say like armchair something on this podcast. So we're armchair cultural, uh, uh, observers. (laughs) Cultural experts. (laughs) Cultural experts. (laughs) Cultural critics. (laughs) knows but i mean yeah it's like it feels juicy you get a lot of bang for your buck you know, you're gonna feel all the fucking feelings that's so true and they pack it in like every hour for k-drama feels like a movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> just in like the cold was, open there was like a massive accident and someone has a heart attack and i'm like damn was, now yeah. it's just the title screen <laughs> I, was, I was watching changun recently again and do you remember that? Did you ever watch that? The the Jewel no. in the Palace, I think it's called in English. It's about like this, the first female doctor in Korea, mm-hmm. like set in the 1500s. And the scene where her mom dies is like 90 minutes long. It's just like, and I'm just like, like I'm ruining my, I'm just watching it. It's going on for 90 minutes. I'm sobbing for 90 minutes. I'm just like, oh my, like she's in the forest. It was a lot. It's very invested. Sounds like it. Are you, is your music, Uh I'm sorry if this, I just don't know. I haven't been to Korea. Is it, is it popular in Korea? Like do people, like, are you very popular in Korea? Mm, I wouldn't say very popular, but definitely in certain neighborhoods, uh, which is interesting. Mm. Like when I'm in Itaewon, Mm -hmm. I think more people like recognize me. Um, And especially Mm. if I have like a show coming up then I think I'm more on people's radar. But otherwise, most people think I can't speak Korean and that mm. I don't ever go to Korea unless I have a show. So, mm. yeah, that I don't know mm, why. Wow. Yeah, my songs are in Korean. It's kind of confusing. <laughs> so so you're, you're seen as very much like an American artist there. Is yeah, that how- very wow. much so. Okay. Okay. Huh. and and really i think to like be like uh whatever well known uh Uh you have to be on screen so you have to either be on tv or you have Mm. to be on like a major streaming thing or on a major youtubers thing um that's still Mm. how that's how koreans like understand oh you're famous and i should recognize you when i see you on the street that kind of thing um and so Mm -hmm. i haven't done yeah, anything like uh, that because 
you kind of lose all of your privacy. It's just like so Korean culture. Um, right, yeah, and right, yeah. you, you stop being able to like go to restaurants with your family and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. I yeah. see. And then once you have a life size cutout of you promoting some soju, <laughs> then you're like, you're like a good, like top of the top. I made it at the face yeah. shop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> um, um. Well, Yeji, thanks for uh, you know letting us into your artistic process. This has been like such a fucking insightful and awesome conversation thus far. But you know, uh, we're gonna do some rapid fire questions that we like to ask all of our guests. Oof. You know, like okay. get to know you on another level here. So, uh, what is uh, what is something you're loving right now? Ooh, um, I'm loving uh, watching watching slice of life anime and gathering merch from the shows. Sli- oh, can Wait, you, what, can you specify? What shows? Yeah, what is Slice oh, of for Life the an- anime? from the anime shows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Slice of Life is like a genre of anime where it's not too dramatic. It's not specifically like adventure or romance. It's like, this mm. is what's happening day to day. And it's like, you know, a group of friends just like cook and hang out. Mm. It's like really mm. chill. Uh, oh. So that's the genre. And then I've been like looking on like Yahoo Auction Japan or like eBay to like collect like little merch from the shows I like. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, that's I love it. Awesome. Did you get anything so recently? Anything specific recently? Oh, did you did you get something some cool merch oh, recently? Yeah, if I was home I would show you, but um this is dangerous. I've been getting kind of into like limited figurines that come out and then oh. like cards. I love collecting cards. And there's mm-hmm. one for every show. Oh. People just don't know about it. <laughs> Yo. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, I know. I feel like just like being privy to this, my coolness Uh, has gone up like (laughs) X amount of points. That's another thing. It's like I don't understand how anime is cool now because that's why I got bullied when I was younger. (laughs) But I was like, whoa. (laughs) Seriously. I remember also, oh, I'm, oh yeah, we got bullied for anime. I also got bullied for fucking liking K pop bands. I sort of put that in there. Oh my God. Back in the HOT days. No. Yo, HOT was fire. My sister was really yeah, up on HOT that. Yeah, was fire. <laughs> I love H.O.T. <laughs> G.O.D. Now, the, now how the tables have turned. Yo. <laughs> Truly. I swear to God. Young me, if you got one of those like H.O.T. like fuzzy hats that they wore with like the, oh the eyes. And you wore <gasps> that in New York, you would be stopped by every TikTok content creator. And they're like, what are you wearing? And you're like, yo, this is some H.O.T. Like, no, don't disrespect. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Throwback merch. Nice. So, slice of life <laughs> anime. Okay, I gotta look into that because I grew yeah. up watching a lot of like Dragon Ball and Gundam yeah, Wing, yeah. but that's like Classics. it seems sounds like the opposite of that. It's the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, nothing yeah. happens. Um. <laughs> Conversely, what is something you're hating right now? Oh, oh, that's a strong word. Uh, but you know, okay, I. <laughs> I happened to your anger. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I, I actually, yeah, I feel so peaceful. But um, recently, I've I've really rapidly like changed into older person lifestyle, where I like my food done this way, and I I I want everything to be clean, and I need to get in bed by midnight, and um, and I'm usually not a routine person either. Mm. Um, but yeah. this is like a new discovery. And Mm -hmm. it's it feels like a new relationship, like I'm kind of in honeymoon phase with it. So Mm. when when that is compromised, I guess I get angry (laughs) or I hate that. Wow. (laughs) 
I know, it's yo. like, damn, this is what my grandpa was experiencing. And I'm not like that old yet. <laughs> well, that's wild. So I, f- I feel I s- like yeah. for someone who ne- who's like really regiment, who- who's in this new phase where you need to be regimented about being in bed uh-huh. by midnight, DJ, mm-hmm. like being a DJ doesn't really seem <laughs> that conducive to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah. So, um, and I have a, a puppy now and she has really bad separation anxiety. Right. And oh, that no. was like a huge part of my lifestyle change. So I have to like now plan ahead and get a dog sitter mm. and like, oh. know, this is my one night out in the month, you know, like, ooh, how am I going to stay up? Like, that's been, <laughs> that's been you, the vibe. That you could actually start a new movement where people are like, fuck it, I love Yeji. She said she's going to be, her set starts at, at 10 and it actually starts at 10 right on the dot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my god seriously i don't know not i don't know about you yeji but like this everyone needs to stop doing the parties that start at 4 a.m okay it's not fun i fucking hate it wait they start at 4 a.m and i swear some people like go out at 6 a.m and i'm like you're riding the fucking subway next to a baker and a man in a business suit and you're like on fucking molly or whatever it's like what where did we go wrong that i now have to wake up at 5 a.m to go to a party that's what? Wow. Right? Well, I don't even know about that. They need to, they yeah, need to, chill. They need to chill with those fucking parties. <laughs> Wait, yes. what are those well, parties? 4 a.m. is not me. cool or fun. <laughs> Stop it. I literally just <laughs> learned about these two weeks ago, so that's how I know you're cooler than me, young me. <laughs> no, because, you know, you're we have a mutual friend, Frankie. <laughs> no, because our, our mutual friend, Frankie. Oh, yeah, Frankie. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> Frankie was like, Frankie was like, hey, I, I'm throwing this party um, like once a month and it like starts at four. I was like, no, stop. <laughs> I stopped. And she was like, she was like, well, and I was like, well, I have my I have a son. And I was like, well, I have to take him to school at fucking 7 a.m. Like, what are you talking about? And she was like, and then this is what Frankie said. She was like, why don't you drop him off at 8 a.m. And then you can come after because that's when it really starts to get fun anyway. I was like, What? You you want me to go to a rave at eight thirty a.m.? She's like, yeah, that's like when sh- shit gets real. And I was like, oh my god, I don't even. I'm gonna do it one day, right? Oh, please, you gotta please. you gotta try it and understand. let us know, right? <laughs> Yo, I will say like I don't I don't know what the schedule is these days, but usually yeah. when you show up early in the morning it's kind of cool as like a workout because you're super fresh mm. and this is like your workout and yeah. most of the people oh. in there are have been there all night and they like mm-hmm. are out of it mm. and you're just like fresh yeah and you know i like that idea as a workout I'll, oh yeah, yeah i'll drop my son off put my exercise yeah. clothes on yeah and just like <laughs> yeah Let's get my go. workout in. That's so funny. Oh my gosh. I love please that. Please make it happen, young me. Rave yeah, to work out. Yeah. yeah. That is so funny. <laughs> um, all right, listeners. You know the drill to hear the answer to Yeji's question for our next question. I, I forgot how to speak momentarily. To hear what Yeji's ashamed of, you're going to have to subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash feelingasian. Yeah, that's right. We're scamming you. We're inspired by <laughs> Tinder Swindler and Anna Delvey <laughs> and, and We're Bad Anna Beacon. Delveying you for yeah. $3 a Th- month. That's the ultimate aim of this podcast <laughs> is that we want a Netflix docuseries about how we swindled all of you to donate three to our do- Patreon three big ones for a month. $3 a month <laughs> to hear our, our guests' juiciest answers. But without further ado, uh, Yeji, 
What is something you're ashamed of? Oh, man. So much. Wow, we're over Zoom, but man, we're all sweating. That was a real, (laughs) really shameful and cringe. You really missed out. Really missed out if you're not subscribed to our Patreon. Yeji can definitely attest to that. (laughs) Um, I'm definitely sweating. Before we let you go, we like to leave all of our guests with this one last question, and that is, what is something you're proud of? Oh, okay. Uh, I'm really proud of, I think, becoming closer to myself, Um, Mm. especially these past few years. I feel like I'm finally actually looking at myself, and Mm. I feel like... I'm finally actually acknowledging all these past versions of myself Um, Mm -hmm. from when I was younger, from when I lived in Atlanta, from when I grew up in Korea. I am finally looking at them and like saying hi and willing to talk to them. Mm. And I'm really proud of that. I love hearing the answers um, from this question because I feel like You know, we do get a lot of answers that are like, it it does take people by surprise, I think. Even Mm. though we send it ahead of time, people always get like sort of taken aback by it. And then I just love the range of all the answers. And sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, like your answer, um, I don't know how to explain it. It feels like maybe it's like something that a lot of people like don't process as something that they can be proud of. But it's like, that's like a a huge feat, you know? Mm. It took so long. Damn. Well, Uh, Gigi, I'm proud of you. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Brian. Um. Yeah, man. What a wonderful. Thank you for joining. Thanks for joining us. This was so fucking fun. This was such a great conversation. This was really great. Yeah, and it also felt like I, I like knew you guys. It was really comfortable. So I appreciate you know bringing that out. Thank you. But because we're Korean. <laughs> you know, I'm feeling really Korean for some reason in Korea. Brian, Brian said he was like, I don't know. When I go to Korea, I just feel so Korean. Yeah, honestly, I should have revised my so my answer. That's the most recent cringe thing. Yeah, that gonna... is the most recent. Brian's Fuck. gonna be cringing about what he said all day. Like you know, he's gonna be like, "Oh, why did I say that in front of me?" Wait, Yeji? but yeah. you have to hear yourself say it again, right? Because you're gonna edit this later. That's I know. really I'm, hard. Right now, if I'm being <laughs> truly honest, I'm like in my head. Yeah. I'm like, I could totally edit that out, but I'm. It's gonna no, be a game. No, leave it in. No, leave it in. We're leaving it in. <laughs> we should call the. Oh, we should call this episode. I feel so Korean in Korea. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> For some reason, it's so weird. For some reason, <laughs> randomly. <laughs> um, Yeji, for our listeners out there, where can they find you and your work online? Oh yeah, um, well I have a website. It's just yeji.com, or on socials, I'm usually crazy or crazy Yeji. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And uh, what about you, Youngly? Oh, um, social media, YM Mayor, um, TikTok, Young Me Mayor, um, of course, the podcast, Feeling Asian podcast everywhere. How about you, Brian? 
Uh, I'm on socials at It's Brian Park. All right, young me. It is time Woo. to do some Patreon shout outs. I, I didn't get to do these last time. And now I'm like, it feels like forever ago that I've done the Patreon shout outs. <laughs> I know because I've been scrambling to edit and I just, I just go rogue because I realized like at nighttime, yeah. I don't want to bother you. So I just, I just record them. But not going to lie. I feel like our Patreon subscribers are a little disappointed because as you know, my guesses for they them need are, my chaos. are not chaotic, very boring. They're like, oh man, Brian I- is doing the shout outs. <laughs> <laughs> wait so i um listen to you your shout outs and i have to say brian whenever you're recording by yourself you get like this complete total asmr npr voice yeah <laughs> it's like hello listeners it gets like all like that and i was like what is this it's like very soothing you should do asmr maybe i've I've been told that but i don't know why i do that i think because it's at night and i'm by myself yeah and i'm in this mode yeah. of like Time to be professional and do these Patreon shoutouts. Hello, listeners. I'm gonna try to do it. Let's try, I'm gonna try to do my voice ASMR. Ew, that's creepy. I'm creeping myself out. Okay, so listeners, if you <laughs> like the podcast, please support us on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/FeelingAsian. Uh, you get a shout out on the pod. You can check out our different subscriptions and benefits. And yeah, let's jump right into them, Young Me. Our first shout out for this episode okay. goes out to Susan Lee. Susan. Oh my God, Susan. Is this... Okay, so this is the thing about the name Susan. I feel like there's not that many Susans anymore. So do you think this person's like older? I don't even know Susans that are my age. I'm going to put on my ASMR voice. Yeah, Susan is kind of like... Susan is kind of like a uh, old school... (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess... It's an Did old you have any name. Susans in your class growing up? Uh, in college, I knew a Susan, but she was she was like a, a badass bitch, smoking cigs. Wow, she was a nice. mean Korean, just a mean Korean bitch that everyone wanted to party with. This well, this person might not be older because I feel like sometimes, like you know, if if their parents were like immigrants, like sometimes like your Korean mom or like your Asian parents will be like, that sounds like a great name without knowing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cultural implication. So this could be a young person. I'm getting older vibes, though. I feel Mm. like Susan is possibly maybe like hot grandma. Like hot grandma. I mean, I guess hot grandma. Like just the you know like cool hot. I feel like there's that stereotype that Asian women just do not get old, and then Mm. one day they wake up sixty and really old looking. But I feel like that's not true. Okay. I feel like they keep holding on till the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting. I'm going to guess that Susan is uh, a lawyer and has billboards and looks hot. Like, oh, personal injury calls Susan Lee. And you know those, like the, a photo yeah. of her, but she's looking all hot. That's my guess for she Susan Lee. She has like Lee. that hot grandma, like silver <laughs> hair. Oh. You know when your hair is all silver and, it's hot, and then you're wearing like red lipstick. It's so hot. Yeah. Susan, thank you. <laughs> Next shout out goes out to Janet Yip. Janet, what are Janet you? Janet Yip. A common Asian name. I feel like we know, you know, you see a lot of Janets. I'm going to guess that Janet Yip, totally random, but she's a forester. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she she lives f- in Yosemite or something. And 
What's a forester? That's not a forager. It's different. No, it's different. They <laughs> or similar, and of a they're if in the past they would have been forager. Foresters uh. are they like and they live in national parks and they're uh-huh. basically consultants. I think they do a lot of yeah. field research just to see like that the forest like things are okay in terms of biodiversity. Jan- yeah, but then they also okay, guide like a scientist. People. Yeah, they like guide right. people on the hikes and stuff too. Do you think Janet is like one of those like hippy dippy ones, or are, is, yeah. are they just like good vibes only? Very hippy dippy, pro okay. mushrooms. Nice. Yeah, she is truly one with nature. That's Janet Yip. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I get that vibe. Yep. <laughs> Next shout out goes out to Bohemia Lee. Bohemia. Bohemia. I could be totally Bahinia. butchering this, but Bohemia. Bahinya. Bahinya Lee. Um, mm, I'm getting, oh gosh, I'm getting like artistic vibes, but I feel like the first name is like affecting me because that name sounds so like pretty and like, mm. you know what I mean? I was, I mean, it might be a very common name. I had the same thing in mind where, too. I think Bahinya yeah. Lee is a dancer. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking artist. Mm. Fine artist. But I wonder yeah like that's what i was thinking like literal painter but i wonder if it's because i'm just not familiar with this name what is it so beautiful it sounds like yeah what do they paint um i was seeing like flowers i was seeing big flat like uh what's that woman that draws the vagina flowers uh georgia o'keefe yeah like that vibe Mm. right yeah juicy vulva flowers (laughs) 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 i'm down i love it I'm getting. I think your psychic abilities are spot on on this one. So, Bahinia, right? yeah. thank you for supporting the podcast. Our next shout out goes out to Valeria Kurahara. Oh no, these two ha- are friends for sure. Oh yes, sexy. They did it side by side. Clicks B in. names are so sexy. Vale- yeah, Valeria, Valeria Kurahara. Oh, Valeria with a V. Yeah, Kurahara. Wow, Valeria, it's such a like song sing songy name, you know. Valeria Kurahara. Yeah. I'm feeling very powerful vibes from this name, like a dominatrix sort of. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Or like a, like a boss, or do you know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. Valeria Kurahara. Valeria Kurahara. Yeah, very powerful. It feels powerful. <laughs> powerful. What job? What's your guess for their job? Mm, I'm saying power. Professor. They are a yeah. oh. They're a, they're a congressperson. They're in politics. Yes. What a great name for politics. Yeah, Valeria Kurahara. They're in politics. I love it. But they, are, they aren't yeah. corrupt. They are powerful and for the people, and they are not yeah. corrupt and sociopathic. We have to stress that. Wow. <laughs> they are not that. They are not corrupt and sociopathic. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Finally. One politician. <laughs> And our last shout out for this episode goes out to Julia Davis. Julia Davis. Yeah. Julia Davis. Julia Davis. I'm seeing like a student. I'm seeing like a student vibes, Mm, you know? mm. Like maybe works and goes to school, you know? Like. Okay. So, like a wholesome undergrad studying to. Oh. I never said wholesome. Oh, yeah. I said wholesome. I feel like. 
yeah julia's getting <laughs> her schooling and her job done and then at night you know just doing all the rails getting railed and doing rails i'm down she is the, right yep yeah. yep yep 100 julia davis is truly gen z uh just doesn't make a big deal about it does cat does coke fucking parties but she still does <laughs> she just she's still killing it academically and has a and is a great at her job <laughs> do people call it cat <laughs> is it not cat give, give me a little bump i don't know of, bump of cat, cat. <laughs> oh my god imagine you're at a like a club and brian's behind you like give me a little bump of cat <laughs> like what <laughs> who is this guy <laughs> Oh god! I stand by that. No, well, that, that's the UK vibe. They say cat. Oh, can I get a little? That's the UK get a little vibe. Cheeky, okay, a cheeky bump of cat, mate. That one, yeah, that one's for our UK listeners. Oh yeah, they're like, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it's called. <laughs> I've never felt more seen here out in Shoreditch since wow. Brian said a little bump of cat. I am definitely going to wow. subscribe to the Patreon now. Good. Wow. <laughs> In if case, you ever uh, subscribe to the Patreon and you're British, please put that in there so we can make we can uh, make a British shout out. And yeah, uh, be nice. Leave us a review on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And yeah, I think that's it, everyone. See you all next week. Bye. Thank bye. you. Bye. bye.